to be a pastor, you need, if you are, if you are going to do well in ministry, you need to have faith. Faith. More than anything else. So, if you look at Hebrews 11, if you don't mind, we can look into Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. You see that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, the Bible says that by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Now, let's look at the same, the word elders is the same word in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. If you don't mind to look at it with me. It is the word sumpre buteros. Sumpre buteros. Elders. Sumpre buteros. Now, this is Peter saying, the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory of God. Feed the flock, amen, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Amen. Are you with me? Now, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's go back to Hebrews 11.1. 1, uh, verse 2. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now, the verse I just read in 1 Peter is a verse that most of us understand to be a verse speaking to pastors. The elders which are among you, you get it, take the oversight willingly, not for money, lords over God's heritage and feed the flock. Okay? Are you with me? Now, this scripture, right, tells us that by faith, through faith, the elders, which is the same word as the elders who are supposed to feed the flock, 
these kind of people have a good report when they have faith. You, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? It's like pastors have a good report when they have more faith. You see. So, if your ministry is going to escalate and amplify to a certain level, you need to have more faith because of this scripture. It says that for by it, by faith, through faith, okay, the elders obtained a good report. Or perhaps what we need to do is to change the word elders and say the pastors obtain a good report. Because the elders, the word sumpre buteros is the word in First Peter 5 that the elders should feed the flock and should not be lords over the heritage of God. So in ministry, it's important that a pastor has more faith than even knowledge and wisdom and all these things. You know, if you are going to do well, you need to know what makes you do well. And you know why I'm saying what I'm saying? I'm saying what I'm saying because I am sharing about the anointing. You know, when you talk about the anointing, you see, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is not tangible. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is not something that you can sort of learn. That is why we have here, hello, that's why we have in these mysterious books. To me, you know, someone was asking, where do you start? The, the other day, someone was asking, you have so many books, so which one should I start reading? Do you understand the question? Yes. And I, I want to say that, you know, you will do well when you believe. It's not education. Not me, I'm educated. I was in the university for seven years. Seven years, not three. Not two, seven. So that shows you that I've been to school. What, what do you think? Yes. Most people go to the university for three years. And that is like they are done. I was in the university for seven years. My, the word doctor by my name is not something I received by an email. <laughs> you know, some people get, become doctors by email. Honorary doctor. Doctor this, doctor that. They pay $200 and you get a doctorate. My doctor is not a $200 email certificate. It is seven years in the university. Yes. So for education, by the grace of God, I am educated. And I believe in education. And I understand its role. And I'm saying that 
for elders, for pastors to have a good report with God, you need faith. You need to believe things. You know, when we say faith, you know, faith means to believe things. I don't know if it's difficult to understand. Believe in things. And one of the things you need to believe in is the anointing. Like, it's not tangible. It's not something we can, like, maybe just uh, write seven points and then we have it. You get it? Or remember something. But it's the intangible, mighty presence of the Holy Spirit with you will make all the difference in your life and ministry. So, if you want to do well, you need to have faith. And one of the things an elder needs to believe in is you need to believe in the anointing, that there is something called the anointing. Because you read the scriptures. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And you say, and so what? It's not and so what for you. You, it is not and so what for you. There is very important for you. When the Bible says how God anointed Jesus, who went about doing good and healing, it's not and so what. It is means you too, if you are to ever to go about ministering, doing good and healing, you need to be anointed. That it is the anointing that makes somebody able to do these things. And a pastor, apart from all other ordinary people, must believe in these things. You know, you must really believe. Like, if you see me ministering and having a great crusade here in Francis Town, you must believe as a minister that it is the anointing that is working, not that, oh, it is something Ghanaian or from West Africa or from Switzerland or from... I don't know what, what, what is in your head. Are you with me? Yeah, because you see, if it's the anointing, then you can have it also. If it is not the anointing, then it's something peculiar, let's say from Ghana or from Switzerland, because I'm half Swiss and half Ghanaian. And if it is something from there, then it's like you have to go there to get something, but there's nothing. It's the Holy Spirit that is working. And through the Holy Spirit, you can do mighty wonders. Amen. Amen. Now, um, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 23 or verse 24. By faith, Moses, amen, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. All right? Choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God 
than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 27. Are you still around? Are you feeling sleepy? I am talking to you as elders. You are elders. And I'm telling you how to have a good report. And I'm telling you that you need to believe things, many things. That's why when you have pastors who don't believe, when you see the prophets mentioning ATM numbers, you don't believe it. There's something wrong with you. It's true, and I mean it. Why, why don't you believe in fantastic things? Why don't you believe that these things are real? Your first reaction should not be that these are false men. Your first reaction should be, wow. Oh, Lord, help me to also see numbers. You see somebody, you call out his car number. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. There's nothing wrong with that. Why are you basically a doubter? You should be, your reflex should be faith. Before you start questioning things. Your reflex should be, this is all that we want to see. Yes. Whether or not people have corrupted their gifts, most people have attached money so much to the gifts that it changes it. That's why with these books and all that, this is also my gift. That's why I, you see that, you see the, the cost. This, the, the book don't, doesn't cost what it is being given to you for. That's not what it is sold for. Not at all. When you attach money to things, it changes. Anything changes, whether it's books, whether it's evangelism, whether it's whatever, it changes. When you, there's too much money attachment to things, the thing changes in its nature. Every ministry changes. And uh, there are some gifts that are so spectacular that they can draw money out of people so easily. Yes. You know, one prophet was, I was watching one of these young prophets. And he was telling a story. He said he was on a flight. He was sitting on a plane by an important person. I don't know who the person was. And he started to talk to the person and ask him what he does. And he told him he's whatever. And the man did not believe him. And and he told the man, I will tell you something to help you to believe. He said, yeah. Then he told him. It's one of these prophets whom many of you here despise. He told him, I'll tell you your name. That's the first thing. The man said, you tell me my name? Then he gave him, your name is this. The man was afraid. And told him more things. Yes. How many would like such a gift? So why are you angry when somebody is experiencing such a gift? This is what we need. Yes. This is what we need. We need such gifts. You sit down by a person, by himself, I will tell you your name. And he'll be shot out of his socks. He told him his name. He told him something else. Told him something else. That was the end. The man supporting his ministry up to today. Yes. That's it. I am trying to say that 
the default must be I believe. I believe because I'm an elder. I'm an elder in the church. My first reaction should be to believe in things. Yes. As for the corruption of gifts, there is corruption. Yes, that is the, it's another topic. Yes. But as for the gifts of God, it is real. You can't sit on stage and you are hoping there will be no miracles. So that it proves what you think that these things are all just made up. Because there are people, you know, one day we met a man. He said that his work is to be paid money to come and give testimonies at crusades. Yes. I mean, he, he, he gave a testimony in our church in Accra. I was amazed. I wasn't there myself, but my wife told me. He said that if, uh, people give him money and he comes to testify that he was a cripple and that he's been healed. And he, he gets up and he has, and he doesn't be, because of that, he doesn't believe in pastors. And that he had gotten saved and that he was now, he had gotten genuinely saved and that he was testifying. This is what he used to do. So equally, people don't believe in healing, don't believe in anything just because they are false of whatever. But if you are the crusade yesterday, you see the people standing there who has talked to any of them before. Nobody has talked to them. I would like to have more healings and I would like to see people's names and numbers as well. Shout hallelujah somebody. Faith is important for elders. Tell somebody faith is important for elders. Amen. Amen. Now, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer affliction. Verse 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt. All right? Verse 28, through faith, he kept the Passover. Verse 29 is the verse that I want you to see. It says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as dry land. All right? And the Egyptians are saying to do the same thing were drowned. Amen? Amen. You see, you are like Moses, trying to do something great, trying to lead God's people in something great, into something great. You are, you are a pastor. You are, you are God's servant trying to lead the people to build a church building, to 
build a congregation to preach the word, to have miracles. You are just like Moses. And the Bible says he did it by faith. He had beliefs. That's what it means. He had a lot of beliefs, not a lot of doubts and questions about everything. And when the Egyptians are saved, it's an old English word in the King James book. A saying means trying to do the same. They were drowned. Because everything you try to do without faith is not going to work. You are going to fail and it's not going to be the same. Yes. And the Egyptians are saying to do the same thing, drown. They failed and fell flat on their faces. So as I am standing here and ministering, and as we are here in Francis Town, it is based on a lot of beliefs. Yes. It's based on a lot of beliefs. A lot of beliefs that I have in my heart that have brought me to this place. First of all, I believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. I believe that the message I am preaching, when I arrived at the airport in Haboroni, they were asking me, so what message do you have for the people of this? I said, my message is Jesus is the savior of the world. And then they, they, they'll keep the microphone, continue. I said, that is the message. Hey, Jesus Christ, this is what I have. I don't have any other message. Then they said, we are having elections this year. Is there any message? I said, the message is that Jesus Christ is the savior of this world. It's like they want something. I don't have anything else. (laughs) Is it not nice to listen to Jesus about Jesus Christ? It's something so wonderful. Yes, so wonderful. Yeah. So that belief in Jesus is the basis of this book here, how you can preach salvation. Every night I preach from this book. Yes. Yesterday I preached from chapter 3 or 1, I don't know which of the chapters. Simple message. Is it not? You think it's a Sunday school message. It's not Sunday school. It is for you and me today. Yes. Yes. I believe it. That is why I have come. I don't believe in I believe in following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why I believe I'm here as led by the Holy Spirit. I believe in such things. Because I have a big church in Ghana with a lot of members and millionaires and everything. Yes, some pastors, you've only been dedicating cars. I have one of my members called me to dedicate an aeroplane. <laughs> yes. And these are the kind of members I have. Yes. It's not a small church. But you see, there is something I believe that the Holy Spirit is leading me to have evangelistic crusades. And I've been doing it for the last 15 years, 16 years. 
even though I have it, and my church has rather grown bigger, far bigger, far, multiplied many times. It's a belief. I had a vision. I was sitting in a chair. I was not asleep. And I saw somebody standing in front of me. And the person told me, it's very important for you to have this crusade. And especially for you to pray for the sick. It was a vision I saw in my study. That's, I don't need anything else. I'll do it. Ah. I am here based on a lot of beliefs. You will do nothing well and achieve nothing much until you start believing in many important things. I believe in following people until I see what they are seeing. Where is it? Art of following. Yes. This book, I believe in following. You must believe. Otherwise, you'll be like the Egyptians who tried to do the ministry that Moses was doing. And it will drown you. Yes, the church will drown you. The, the thing you attempt to do will finish you. You'll be finished financially, morally. I mean... You will you, 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 you be wiped out. Yes. It's not easy to be in the ministry. Financially, you can be wiped out. Morally, you can be wiped out if you are not called. Because when you are the head pastor in every live church, there will be at least 250 girls who will be happy to marry you or even have you as their girlfriend. At any point in time, ready to throw themselves at you. Yes, it can finish you. You can fall many times. And even if you had just stayed as an ordinary congregation member, all these things wouldn't have happened to you. Yes. So if you try to do things that you don't believe in, a lot of things fully, you will fall flat on your face. Yes, the Egyptians are saying to do, look at it, we're drowned. Ministry drowns a lot of people. Ministry drowns a lot of people. I believe in following. I am following Bonky in my crusades. And I'm seeing the Bonky dimensions of the ministry. I believe in following, copying. Hey. Even when I say, hey, you know where I learned it from? It is Bonke who says, hey. So I don't know why he says it, but I say, look, if this is what you are doing, I'll do the same. Hey. It's working for me. Yes. Some of you are too proud to follow anything and anybody. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you to be fishers of men. 
And that is why you are becoming nothing because you are following nobody. I can mention people that I am following. Clearly, I have no shame to say that I follow this person. And, I'm, and when I say follow, don't misunderstand me. I mean copy. <laughs> Following is not an imaginary word. It means one of the meanings is copy. Hey! <laughs> this book is called The Art of Following. The Art of Following. Following somebody will be probably, if you, if, you, if you get to believe, I mean, when you read this book, you will see many, Jesus said, follow me, follow me. He, told, he met them and he said, follow, follow, follow. Huh. The day you start to believe in following, eh, it may probably be your greatest secret weapon is that you believe in following, that you alone, that thing. That you believe it literally, that you believe that the highest form of education is not schooling, but is following. Yes, it's, the, it's higher because if God became a man and he didn't set up a university, but he told people, follow, you just follow, follow, follow. He didn't set up any school, no university, nothing. Just follow, follow, and you become something different. If that is what God was able to say, then it must be the highest and all great advances, whether it's China following, Korea following, all these people who have advanced rapidly and surged forward have done so by following. Yes, by copying. Well, most people are driving Korean cars today. Go to Korea and see. When they first started, they decided to copy. Daewoo was copying Opel. Toyota, Hyundai was copying Toyota. Uh, Sangyong was copying Mercedes-Benz. I bought Korean cars in those days. They, they were able to copy the body, but not the engine. <laughs> so you have the body, and then the engine is a Mercedes-Benz engine. I had a car like that, a Korean body with a Mercedes engine. <laughs> and I saw another car with an Opel engine, and a, a Korean body. So they, start, they, they started by welding the metals. So we can copy this part. We can't copy the engine. It's too complex. Yes. But today, they've copied the engine. They've mastered everything. When you go to Korea, you rarely, you will rarely see any other car. Just their cars, Korean cars. It's amazing. All over the world, Korea has overtaken Germany and Japan and all this. It's overtaking them. By what? Copying. So you make a television, we make a television. Young Gicho was preaching one day, I was there, and he said, when he was in a service one day, and he announced that one day in Korea, we will make television. Everybody laughed. They laughed in the church that when he said, Korea will make television. Everybody laughed. This is a pastor who is alive today. They had not made a television before. Today, everybody is watching Samsung television, LG. Everybody's, it's all Korean TV. 
they copy. You say, you are doing, we will learn, we will do it. We will do what you do shamelessly. We will do it. They copy it and they catch up and they search forward. Yes. Pride. Pride. Comes before distraction. And you see, when you say pride comes before a fall, if you are already on the ground, then pride keeps you on the ground. <laughs> yes, since you are already down. <laughs> Your pride keeps you walking down there. Mercy. So, as I am here having and conducting a crusade, what it is is that I am living on some beliefs. Anybody who is achieving anything in the ministry is doing it based on beliefs. So your beliefs are going to raise you very high. That's what it means to have faith, that by faith the elders obtain a good result. Why am I? Why, 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 why did we have what we call the Macarius registration? For those of you who've registered, you get the Macarius. That's not the price. That's not the price. Why? Because I had a vision. I believe in, I believe in visions. Eh? I believe in, you have to believe in all these things. I don't know whether you believe such things. <laughs> yes? Believe in things. Yes. I had a vision. And the Holy Spirit showed me. I said, Lord, how can I be fruitful? I was sitting on the same chair. Yeah. I was not sleeping. And suddenly I saw a hand holding a book. Like this. I was shocked. The Lord said, the books. The books. You bear more fruit through your books. That's why I emphasize on the book. And as I'm preaching, I'm trying to show you that the things I'm preaching are in the books. Because it's a belief I have. And all over the world today, I am seeing it. The person I'm following, which is Kenneth Hagin, when he died, he had produced 63 million books. We have almost 30 million books now. These books. Yes, because the person I'm following, that's the type of order he was working in. And you see what you are following. Hey. Are you still there? Anyway, you know why I started all this faith, faith thing? It's because when I was preaching... I said I'm preaching about the anointing. I feel as if you don't even really believe in such things. Yes. You know, you have to believe in the anointing. Yes. If you believe in anointing, you know, you, 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 will, you will see great things in your life and your ministry. Believe in the anointing. Now, this morning, um, let's stand to our feet and pray. I feel we should pray. Lift your hands and pray for the spirit of revelation. Spirit of revelation.
Revelation. Father, thank you for the anointing. We declare that we believe in the anointing. We believe in the anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the anointing makes you what you are becoming. And if you look at the ministry of Elijah, you see that he, like what, what Jesus said, that he 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 was he was uh, John the Baptist was Elijah if he could receive. Do you see? Amen. Amen. Now. The Holy Spirit, you know, is like, that's God, God's power. And that power creates ministers. Creates ministers. And just as you would say, Toyota makes cars, you know, or even Kia or Hyundai is actually the same company makes cars. What it is is that the Holy Spirit creates people and makes people into what 
he wants them to be. And because it is the same ministry of the Spirit, you often have similarities. Because if a Toyota decides to make a Toyota Corolla or Camry, it's usually the same. Even sometimes with little different names, they have different names, but it is the same thing you can see. Basically, it is the same. Like Audi and Audi and a, a, a VW, they have similar, even the dashboards are similar. Because it's the same big thing that is creating this small thing. So, when the Holy Spirit comes on a person, you know, I like this scripture. Um, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Being born again is not an educational experience. It's an experience where the mighty Holy Spirit does a transformation and produces a new person. Yes. What did I say? The mighty Holy Spirit does a transformation, causes a transformation, and produces a wonderful species called a born-again Christian. Yes. Do you believe such things? Yeah, you say you believe it. You believe that the Holy Spirit, you are sitting here born of the Spirit. You must believe also that you can be born into ministry, birthed into ministry by this same spirit. And just as you were made a new Christian, you can be born or birthed into a high level of ministry where you will do great things for God. Now, if you look at John the Baptist, Jesus said, if you can believe it, This is Elijah. His type of message, very radical, confronting the kings. Do you see? Challenging the marriages of the king. You know, because it was Herod and Herod's wife and Jezebel and Ahab. He was called to do these things. And you see the similarities. His ministry ended by a woman. And John the Baptist's ministry was equally ended by a woman, but in a different way. You see Elijah and Elisha. Elisha asked Elijah, give me a double portion of what you have. He said, well, no problem. You can have it if you see me. Condition. And when he did, you see Elisha came and did the same thing. He made a famine no rain, and this one also came, no rain, he would heal a widow, perform a miracle, the same thing. He did twice as many miracles as Elijah. That is what we are talking about, that the spirit is working. But you see, the spirit is not a tangible spirit, but it takes people who believe in things, that when they believe in things, they are able to do great things for God. 
So I want you to have the faith in the anointing. Believe in the anointing. Yes. And if you do, you are going to see wonderful things. Amen. Even the anointing on Jesus is similar in Deuteronomy 18, 18. It says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. You see, I will raise up a prophet like you. He was talking to Moses. I'll raise up a prophet like Moses and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So, this, everybody believes that this is the prophecy of Jesus. I'll raise up a prophet like Moses. And you see a lot of similarities. Moses came was rejected by his people the first time. And Jesus came and was rejected. He did not receive him. And his second coming was with a lot of signs and wonders. And the second coming of Jesus is going to be like that as well. Both of them, both Moses and Jesus, preached and taught things that were, had never been heard before. Moses' words are, like they are using courts in law books all over the world today. It's the basis of everything in the world. And so are Jesus' words, similar. Both of them had 12, uh, sent out 12 men at a point in their ministries. Oh? Oh, you don't know that? This one sent out 12 spies. This one had 12 apostles. Yes. Both of them had 70 men. Yes, at a point. Both of them had 70 men at a point. This one had 70 people to one, and the Spirit came on them. This one also had 70 people that he sent out. Both of them fed ma- the masses with food, with bread. Yeah. Moses fed the multitudes. Oh, you didn't notice that Moses fed multitudes. Moses fed multitudes. Jesus also came and fed multitudes. Yes. Moses did miracles, fantastic miracles to convert. Jesus did fantastic miracles. Amazing miracles. You couldn't challenge them. Control the, both of them controlled the atmosphere. Calling in wind, walking on waters, all kinds of things. I mean, the similarities between these ministers, both of them spoke of their, their death. Yes. Going to die this way, this one, so. The Lord has told me I cannot go into the promised land. I'm going to die here. This one also spoke about his death. I mean, this is quite something, you know. The anointing is a very wonderful thing. And you see, if you see the anointing as what it is, that 
the Lord puts the anointing on somebody and it makes the person do things and it's so similar to if that anointing has been there before. Yes. And you see, that's why I started by saying that pastors or elders must believe. That's why you must believe in if a prophet can call out somebody's passport number. Your first reaction should be, wow, Lord, I would like to have this gift as well. That should be your first reaction, not to criticize it. If you criticize it, you are a Pharisee. Straight away, you are. I mean, look at Jesus coming, healing people. And forget about healing. Why do you do it on Sunday? And we go there to kill him because he did the miracle. So you ask yourself that. I mean, how are people thinking? And you, you ask yourself, who are the modern day Pharisees? The modern Pharisees are pastors who don't believe in anything. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in prophetic things. They don't believe anything. And they have all sorts of technical reasons why they don't believe. So I don't want to be, ever be a Pharisee. But you can easily be a Pharisee if you are a pastor. A Pharisee is just a long-standing pastor. Yes. He's a long-standing pastor who is more concerned about certain beliefs that he has. Meanwhile, he's equally as hypocritical as the people he's criticizing. Amen. Amen. So the anointing makes you do certain things. And this anointing must be something you desire. Now, turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. This is a scripture which many of us know. Amen? Isn't it? This is a prosperity preacher's scripture. Most people use this verse to preach on prosperity and riches. It says, and they rose early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, hear ye. Hear you, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. Now, the the, the Hebrew words, believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established, is the word aman. And believe in his prophets and you shall prosper is the word Chalak. T-S-A-L-A-C-H. Chalak. Prosper is the word chalak. And established is the word aman. Are you with me? Are you sure you're with me? Don't say I don't know Hebrew. I don't know uh, 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 what do you call it? No. Don't do that to yourself. Alright? Try to at least follow. These are simple things. Even those in class 4 can understand some of these things. Now, the word established means established, 
It means nurtured. It means fostered. It means cared for. Okay? So, believe in the Lord your God. You shall be nurtured, established, stabilized, fostered. Like a a nurse fosters someone. Supported. Okay? Now, the word believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. The word prosper is chalak. But it is not actually the word prosper. It's one of the words. But it means to come mightily. Yes. You see, it is, all this is in my book here. I am reading the book to you because you may not read it, so I'm reading it to you. <laughs> Catch the annoyance. It's a little book, if you care to read it. Chapter... Uh, what chapter is this? Chapter 7. Yes. All right. Now, it, chalak means to come mightily, to push over. It means to go forward. It means to prosper. All right. It means to break out. And it also means to prosper. To go over. Now, this is the difference between those. This, this scripture actually demarcates all pastors into two halves. Yes. All pastors are divided into the first half, which are, let's take the left, God forbid, but let's take that these people are only among pastors, that they are established. You see, when you believe in God, God in heaven, there's no prophet involved, no man of God involved, just God. You and God. I believe in God. Jesus, I believe in you. You are established. That is a man. You are nurtured. That's when you become a stable Christian. You see, I was an Aman Christian for the first half of my first part of my Christian life. That's why I have the scriptures and the basis. Even the scriptures I know today are the ones I learned in secondary school. Because I was a Christian from 16. I was in the scripture union. I, I didn't become converted recently when my chicken, chicken farm was collapsed or, or, or I had an accident or something. No. I've been a Christian since I was a young person. Are you with me? And I've never had a chicken farm too. So, I'm saying that it established me and nurtured me up in God, reading scriptures, singing hymns, I mean, learning the Bible, believing in God, quoting scriptures as the basis of my life. That is, it makes you permanent. It, it, It establishes you. So that is Christianity up to here, this midline here. Now, if you are able to go a step further and believe in his prophets, that is a man of God who is sent to you, the next one says, believe in his prophet and you shall chalak. Chalak is to come mightily, to break out, to push over, to go forward. 
You see, and that is what happens when you now believe in a human being whom God has sent. Even though he's a human being and he has problems and he has faults, it's like I also believe in this person. That is the difference. When I met with Kenneth Hagin, you see, I now have already believed in God and become established. But now from believing in Kenneth Hagin as a great man of God, he was a great, the greatest to me and still is the greatest prophet that I know. By the way, when you believe in somebody, he will always be the greatest to you. Why? When Jesus spoke of John the Baptist, he said, there is none greater born of woman than this man. Yes. And when he was asked, how, how do you become in the ministry as you are? He said, you know John the Baptist? Then he was referring to the fact that John the Baptist was the one who baptized him into, into, into ministry. Yes. So the coming mightily of Jesus was through John the Baptist. After, as soon as he came out of the water, the Holy Ghost came on him. That was it. His start was with John the Baptist. So those of you who say, I don't believe in this man. You know, are you following a man? This and that. Well, you have to be careful. You don't this and that. Look, that's why no one will ever believe in you. Because you are a man. You, you, no one will ever take you seriously. Yes, no one will ever take you at a certain level because you are just a man too, you know that, you get it that's what you say also no one will ever believe you are from God yes because you don't believe anybody is from God no one is ever going to take you seriously because you don't take anyone seriously Yes, you, you never mention anybody's name. No one will ever mention your name ever. Yeah, that is it. No one will ever mention your name anywhere. No one will ever be preaching and saying that. Even pastor so-and-so said so. It will not happen. Because you don't believe in anybody. So no one will ever believe in you. Yes, yes. <laughs> believe in his prophets. And then you come, my, you, everything changes. You, you are an established person who breaks out in ministry. Yes. Now, this little book, Catch the Anointing, as well as this little book, Steps to the Anointing. In it, you have these wonderful steps where if you believe in the anointing on a man of God, you, you begin, to, you can see something. Now, what happened to me is that when I was in secondary school, somebody came to me and gave me a book like this. Let me give to you. You see, when he was giving me the book, a Kenneth Hagin book, he was giving me my ministry. The cars you see outside, the stage, the money that we have to come here. He was actually giving me all that when he was giving me the book. I thought he was giving me a book. But he was giving me my ministry. <laughs> yes. So now I started to read this book. And when I read it, I said, wow, this is amazing. I never heard such stories. And then I went to find more books by it. Because you read books by the author. 
You know, one day I, I've had very little interaction with publishers, but one publisher that I had, he told me, always make your name bigger because books are bought by the name of the person who wrote, not the topic. Yes. So he told me, make your name bigger on the book. Because, and it's true, if you ever start reading books, once you read one that is good for you, you say, what else is there? Bring everything, please. I need. And you buy, you don't really buy the topic. You buy the name. Yeah. Anyway, so I started to read more of Kenneth Hagin's books. And then I started to listen to his hymn preaching. Now, one day, when I was in medical school, I was about 25 years old. I went to a town to study uh, rural medicine. It was part of our course. So I had to go there. So I was there for one month. Now, on my way there, I knew I was going to have more time. You know? And I would already started a church as a student. And my church was a, a very small church. With, let's say, about half of these people were the church members. And everybody was a child. <laughs> everybody was a child, a young person. All my members were ch- children, young people. Now, when I went to this town, I, on my way, I was driving, and I stopped by a bookshop called Lord J Bookshop. Lord J, meaning Jesus, Lord J. And they were selling books and tapes. And there I saw a collection of Kenneth Hagin tapes. Uh, I, just, I, just, I, saw, I just wanted something to be playing. You know, I like, I like to have tape preaching sound in the room when I'm preaching, when I'm praying. So I just saw one Kenneth Hagin. I just picked it and said, let's go. And that's what I took with me up. It was north. I was driving north to the north of Ghana. So when I eventually got to this town, I did all the work that I had to do. And I, I noticed that I had free time. So I would put in the tapes that I bought from Lord J. Bookshop. My wife, she was not my wife then, just a friend. She, she lent me her t- red tape recorder which was auto-reverse. Those of you who are young, you will not know auto-reverse, but it means it goes this way, it comes back, it goes, it comes, it goes, it comes, yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, this was, it was so, it was so special to have a tape recorder which is auto-reverse because you never have to start it, stop, it just plays continuously. So, I put in the tape and I press play, I press this way and this way, so it plays both ways. So it was now the atmosphere in my room. And one night, I started to pray around 7 o'clock in the evening. I finished all my work. And I knelt down by my bed. And I uh, fell asleep. Which is something that happens when you pray. You know, let me just say something. You know, when when you are praying, (laughs) when you are praying, sometimes you need just a little sleep to spark you for the rest of the time. Yes. It happens to me often. Just a 
three, five minutes sleep and then you become awake. So don't be worried when you sleep, when you are praying. But anyway, God saw me on my knees. And as I prayed on my knees, I fell asleep. But I woke up at about 3 a.m. And Kenneth Hagin was still preaching in the tape there. And suddenly, something jumped out of the tape. Something jumped out of the tape that was in the corner of the room. And entered my belly. And I felt something going through. Like that. And then I heard a voice. I heard a voice. And the voice said, from today, you can teach. From today, you can teach. Hallelujah. And I heard another voice. And that other voice said, I will prove it to you. I will prove it to you. So, from that day in 1988, which is 31 years ago, when he said to me, from today, you can teach. That is the day that the power and the anointing came on me for teaching. You see, that's what I'm teaching here in, in Francis Town. It's that power that has carried me all the way here. I'm, I'm preaching and I'm teaching. Yes. 31 years later, I'm still preaching and teaching. And here, I have this book. See, the anointing makes you do 30 million books later in many, many languages. Yes, many, like more than, I don't know how many languages. Any language you can think of. Recently, I was in Sri Lanka where they had these bombs. And as I was preaching, you know, I was just looking at, in, in, in Sri Lanka, every signboard has three languages. The same sign in three, three times. It's in English, it's in Singala, and it's in Tamil. Three languages, because there's the Tamil tigers, if you remember the Tamil, the Singhalese, and then English. So every sign is in three. So when I had this conference there, I had my books in Sinhala, in Tamil, and in English. All the three. Beautiful. Beautiful. Same. Yeah, he was there. You were there. He was there in Sri Lanka with me. The whole, the largest assemblies of God church, they had all the pastors and people invited from all over. Yeah, for three days I was there. Languages. Language. This same box. The same box. You know, now, why, 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 why would you say that the anointing came on me? In Acts chapter 10, let, let's, let's, hello, hello, let, let's, let us go, what I'm telling you, you see, let us ask ourselves, is it a biblical experience? I mean, can you say you were listening to a tape and something entered you? Is it biblical? I, I hope you get what I say, because things that are nonsense, we have to throw them out, but if it is real, if it is biblical, then let's look at it. Let's look, I'll give you three scriptures. Let's start with Acts 10, 44. Acts chapter 10. If you remember when Peter went to preach, he preached a powerful message, you know, and uh, to Cornelius' house. And at the end of his message, when he was preaching, Acts 10, 44 says, whilst, this is where, this is the message that he preached, 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's verse 38, Acts 10, 38. So as he was preaching how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil, he continued 38, 39, 40, 40, 41, 42. By verse 44, something happened in the preaching. Look at it. And he says, while Peter yet spake these words, or while Peter was preaching, which is while the tape was playing and Kenneth Hagin was preaching, while Peter yet spake these words while Kenneth Hagin was preaching these words to me that night the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard the words For me, I tell you, the listening of messages is the number one booster of something. It does some, something happens to me. Whilst Peter yet speak these words, whilst the preaching was going on, the person who was hearing received words and something happened at a point in the preaching so what, when I see pastors who don't listen to preaching I say these people they will not amount to much That's true. pastor who doesn't listen to preaching no not much this is not going to amount to much you must be listening to preaching all the time different preachings Number two, Ezekiel chapter two. Look at Ezekiel chapter two. Let's read from verse one. Ezekiel chapter two, verse one. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet. And I will speak unto thee. Amen? Yes. Are you listening? Yes. Son of man, do what? Stand, Stand on your feet, feet and I will speak to thee. Amen. Amen. And what happened in verse 2? And the Spirit entered into me. When he spake unto me Mm. and set me upon my feet, I heard him that spake unto me. The spirit entered into me. me. Amen. The spirit entered into me. You see, the anointing enters into you whilst the speaking is going on. So you are receiving the anointing now as the spirit is going on. Yes. And that anointing can enter into you when you listen to preaching. Is it not amazing? 
Yeah, that's what happened to How do you think Ezekiel became so anointed for his ministry? The spirit entered into him when he was spoken to while the speaking was going on. Acts, uh, Ezekiel chapter 3. Let's look at chapter 3, verse 22. Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 22. Verse 22. Now, are you there? Yes. I, I want you to see because I'm showing you how to do what? To catch. Yes. Because I, we don't need one person to be anointed. We need a lot of people to be anointed. Where's my, are you taking my book? You, you don't need one person to be anointed. You need many people to be. And so God is showing you how you can become anointed. Practically, it's not about, I mean, a theory. Practically, how does it happen? Acts chapter 3, verse 22. Ezekiel 3, 22. Read it. And the hand of the Lord, let me read it. The hand of the Lord was there. Upon me, and he said unto me, Arise and go forth into the plain, and I will there talk with thee. There is a place where God wants to take you to, and he says, I'm going to speak to you over there. When you get there, I'll speak to you. When you get there, I'll speak to you. And that's why sometimes you have to travel somewhere. You have to go somewhere. And when you are there, God will speak to you. Verse 23. Yes. Verse 23. Then I arose and I went forth into the plain. And behold, the glory of the Lord stood there. You see, there was power there. Not everywhere, but where God told you to go. There was glory there. As the glory which I saw by the river of Cheba, which is the Ezekiel 2.1. And I fell on my face. Verse 24. Then, 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 the spirit entered into me. And set me up on my feet and spake unto me. Hallelujah. And said unto me, Go and shut thyself within thy house. And he went on telling him more revelation. You see, you can catch the anointing. God says, Go here, I will talk to you there. And whilst he is talking to you at the place he has chosen, because sometimes he will talk to you, but he wants you to go here. Everywhere is not the same. Eh? You, you wonder whether Jesus, wouldn't Jesus make up his mind? He would tell the disciples, go to Galilee, I'll meet you there. When he rose from the dead, he was always telling them, crisscross, go to Galilee, I'll meet you there. They said, go to Jerusalem, I'll come with the Holy Ghost to, to to see, you remember when Jesus rose from the dead, he came to have dinner. Can you imagine having dinner with a man who is dead? He came to have dinner with Peter. It was in the Tiberias. 
John 21, it was by the Sea of Tiberias. But he told them that Holy Ghost is coming at Jerusalem. You can't have Holy Ghost here in Galilee. Go to Jerusalem. So God has places. Come here. Go here. Come here. Be here. Come here. That's why we invited some of you to come to Bible school. Because it's a spiritual place. Come there. That's why we invite you. Come to conferences. That's why I say go to the plane. Go here. I will talk to you there. And whilst you are there, where he is talking to you, he said the spirit entered into me. Wow. I see power coming over your life. Yes. I see power coming into your life. Malara mashandola makabalangala. Tame kabandola mashandolo mokebele. Pela mandala baba. Tale mandala bakabalandala balavale bolame sendele bekebele. Tame la mandari bolebala mamandele bakaba. Mayandala baba. Malon de le bekiboron de le bekebalana babande. Mandele bebe. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Satan, 
John 6 verse 63 the Bible says it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that I speak to you the words 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 are spirits the words are spirit the words are anointing the words are anointing the words are anointing Father, let everyone here receive of your power and of your anointing to serve you, to believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, There are two things that we have here. And one of them is the Macarius 
which is this box here, which I believe those of you who wanted it registered and have received it at the price as it's, it's nothing, it's just a gift. Because my desire is that if I have a conference, everybody should have one of these. That's my desire. So that is the conference gift. That is my gift to you. Yes. You know yourself. There's nothing that costs this like this. Thank you. Now, it is available to buy at the real price. For those of you who want more, the real price. But this is just for the conference. That you have what price you have. But the real price is not that. This is actually cost $400. Yes. That's the real price. Now, the second thing that I want you to know about is what we call the makane. Makane. Makane is a Hebrew word called, which means the camp. And all the conferences and camp preachings concerning these materials for ministry are found in the makane. Now the makane is something that you can have to listen to and you can have it on a podcast free of charge and you can download it free of charge on your phone. It's, there's nothing we are not selling. We are not doing business here. <laughs> business is the mark of the beast, 666. You see, he says, you no one can buy or sell without that mark. So the mark of commerce, I don't want it in my ministry. It is free because the technology allows us on your phone, you can have the podcast. Do you know what podcast is? How many don't have podcast? Raise your hand, please. I want to show you the podcast, how it's done. You all need to get it, we fix it on your phone for you. As soon as we close, you just, once you have credit, we just download the app. If you have an iPhone, it's already on. If you have the other phone, you, down, you, you download the app and then you subscribe to my name. When you put my name, then it comes there free. All you do is press play, it's playing. Press, press, press. There's nothing to buy. We, we pay in America for the podcast to be free for you. We pay. Yes. And you can download it. Are you with me? Now, why do I want you to listen to preaching? This Makane thing. Because of what I've just preached. The words I speak to you. You see, the seed, Luke 8, 11. Luke 8, 11. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. You see, the word of God is a seed and all oil comes from seeds. I'll say it again. The parable or the mystery is that the word of God is actually a seed. And oil is produced from seeds. Palm nut oil, coconut oil, Olive oil, 
sunflower oil, they, all the oils are come from the seeds. So the word of God, if you can receive it in a way and <laughs> mix it in a way, will produce anointing for you. That, that's, that's what happens. So it is, your, it, is your, it is your ability to expose yourself to this seed which contains the oil. Yes. That's what I said. I really like this scripture, Luke 8, 11. Now the parable is this, or now the mystery, the mysterious thing, because a parable is, is parabolic. It goes around in your mind, like a like round circle. You can't see what it is. The mystery is this. What is the mystery? That the seed is the word. The word of God is a seed. And a seed is everything. Yes, everything is a seed. The day the man took the book and came up to me and gave me that book, he was giving me my life. Yes, he was giving me what I didn't have. I didn't know what he was giving me. Now, I don't struggle to buy a car. Yes, I don't struggle to buy a car. Yes. Yes, I don't struggle for anything, even what to eat. By the grace of God. He was giving me. So many people worked for me. I have many of the people that work for me. Some are doctors, some are lawyers, some are bankers. Some are what not. They are just working for me. It's beautiful. Yes. He was giving me even my employees in 94 countries. Yes. You see, the parable, the mystery is that the seed, this book that I'm giving you is a seed. Now, what's a seed? I don't know what is a seed. Well, let me tell you a little story. There was a man who had race horses. And I know about race horses because my father used to have race horses. My father used to have race horses. He, he had the best race horses in Ghana at a point. And I used to ride those race horses myself. That's how come I learned how to ride. I used to go training. I used to train the horses with the trainer. So I, when, when you talk of a champion horse... It's a very expensive thing. I mean, my father could send 10, 10 people in a van to go as far as Mali and as far as Las Palmas to buy a horse and fly the horse, bring the horse. Yes. A race horse is very special. It's specially designed. You can see from the shape of the head, the neck, the muscles. You know this horse can go fast and so on. Male, female. Now, one day there was this man who had a very, very good horse and he was a champion runner. But one day he decided that, no, my horse can fall down and die. And it, it happens. You could have a horse that fell down. My father had a horse once that fell down in the middle of the race and broke the leg. You know. So he decided, I'm not going to let my horse go racing anymore. I'm going to keep my horse in the field. And if you have a female horse who you want to cross with my horse, 
you bring him, you bring her for a weekend. And then to cross, you get it. And then uh, I charge you. Do you see? And he said, I'll make more money from that than even racing because the horse was so good. Because basically he's charging for the seed. Do you know how much he was charging for a weekend? Shall I tell you? Are you sure you want to know? It was $2 million for a weekend. Yes. $2 million for a seat. Yes. Wow. wow. That shows you how valuable a seat is. $2 million. I watched, I watched the documentary myself. Yes. $2 million for a seat. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So, these books, the Macanet, this book is almost free. Let's be serious about it. This is free. Look at the Macanet that I'm giving to you. That one too on your podcast. You can download the whole thing. It's many, 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 many camp seasons. Recently, I met a Frenchman. He told me he attended a conference in 2014. I, mean, I, 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 never, I never saw him, but he said he was there. He said to me, I met him last year. He said to me, since I met you, I've been listening to the Macané. I listened to it two hours every day. A white man, a Frenchman. He said, I listened to it every day sometimes four hours, sometimes twice, daily. Yes. Since he started to listen to that thing. Because it's for ministry. It's an unusual message because there are unusual messages because people don't usually preach to pastors. People usually preach to congregation members how to solve their emotions, how to have happy marriages, how to get money, how to... So, pastors don't have preaching. And you see, Levites, when, when a priest goes into the tabernacle, you know, he has a holy place where he goes and there's a shoe bread only for priests. So there's meat and food only for priests. And many pastors are eating food for congregation members where you should be eating shoe bread which is meant for priests. Only the priest eats that shoe bread. And that's why you don't become what you are supposed to become because you are not eating the shield bread. You are eating ordinary town bread. There is a shield bread in the holy place. Only the priest goes there. Please. Please. God wants you to receive the seed. He says, now the parable is this. The mystery, the great mystery is this, that the seed is the word of God. Are you still here? Are you sure you are here? Now, the last chapter in this book um, this little book here, Catching the Anointing, it says, why some people never catch the anointing? So, 
Why? Mark 6 verse 1. He went out and came from thence to his own country and his disciples followed him. All right? And when the Sabbath day, by the way, this is Nazareth. And this year I was privileged to go to Nazareth. I actually stayed in Nazareth for the whole time I was in Israel. I lived in, in Nazareth. And I, in the evening, I went to buy some kebab in Nazareth. It's now an Islamic town. And I was just walking, I was throwing that this is Jesus' actual town. This is where he preached this one. And the people were asking about his father and his mother. It's, it's a place, it's a town, it's a city. Yeah. I have eaten there before. (laughs) Now, when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these sayings? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that such mighty works are wrought by his hand? Verse 3 Is this not the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon, are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. Verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Verse 5. Verse 5. And he could dare do no mighty works save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief. That's why I was telling you, please, pastors, the elders, pastors, I started this morning, and I'm just about to end. I started this morning, and I was saying, you must be a believing person. You must believe many more things than the things you believe now, please. And I want you to believe them more strongly from today. Go out of this conference as a man of faith. Yeah. Because you are going to lead God's people through the Red Sea. You are going to lead a large number of people to accomplish great things for God. And you need faith to go to Bible says which the Egyptians are saying to do, trying to do the same ministry, were drowned. They were drowned by the ministry. (laughs) Because they didn't believe all the things you are supposed to believe as a man of God. They didn't believe in anointing. They don't believe the word is the seed. They don't believe too many things. They don't believe in following anybody. They don't believe in a prophet. It, 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 It doesn't let you do well. You are just a Pharisee. And Pharisee means far to see. <laughs> now, Jesus, the Son of God, 
went to preach and people did not like him and did not accept him. Why? Because the barriers to the anointing were lifted up before them. Barriers. We call it barriers. And what are the barriers? The barriers have to do with the humanness of the vessel. Do you see? Because every vessel, in a large house, there are many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know, one day I went to the cemetery to exhume a dead body. Now, it's one of the things I've done. I exhumed someone who has been dead for years. And when it came out, it was left with powder. Brown. There were some bones, but most was just a little collection of brown. When I say brown, like it's coffee color. Coffee, coffee color. Brown. And I realized that this person who used to speak, I knew him, has turned into powder. So he was actually powder. Yes. That's what we say you are an earthen vessel. And the treasure is in this earthen vessel. And Jesus took on the form, this earthen vessel format, and came to work with us. I tell you, it was a great risk to do that. By the way, this is not the real world, though. The real world is the spirit world. We are not in the real world. They are in the real world looking at us. We are in this temporary arrangement. This is not the real world. The real world is there. They are looking at us. When you go out of this world, you go to the real world. Yes. Yes. So, God uses earthen vessels to carry his power. I am carry, I'm a carrier of the power, but I'm just a useless vessel. Yes. It's like a plastic pipe carrying the water. It's pl- you are just plastic. Yes. One day I was watching Benny Hinn, and I was thinking to myself, wow, this man must be, fit. he must be supernatural in every aspect. Then suddenly, he said, he was preaching, he said, I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> he was preaching about the anointing. He said, I'm feeling really hungry. And then he started asking so the people what, what, they are, what food they are cooking. He said, I don't eat red meat anymore. What, what food do you have? Yes, whilst he was preaching about anointing. Is an earthen vessel who feels hungry, who is carrying big power. Big power if you can receive it treasure. But if you are offended by the earthen vessel, sometimes some of you don't like certain colors. If the vessel 
is not a white man, you may not receive it. That's why my books, if you look at the back, you will not see my picture. Because some people, if you have a brown face or a black face, say, no, 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 we only read books by white people. It's true. True or not true? true? One day I was preaching in a church, you know, we had rented this big hall in London. And I was preaching. And there was, you know, they had, they, they controlled their own sound. So they didn't allow anybody to touch their equipment. So they were contro- controlling their own sound. As I was preaching, the person who was, the people who were controlling the sound said, ah, this man, what is he ch- talking about? What is he talking about? Who is he? What is he talking about? So, ah, it sounds familiar. Then they realize that they have my book that they do exams in. The people there, they, were, they, they, they do exams in their church on loyalty and disloyalty. And they have my book, but they have never seen me before. So as I was preaching, they didn't know who I was. I'm the one who wrote the book that they were doing the exams in. But you see, I hid my earthen vessel so that they would not be offended. Now, I want, why does this concern you? It concerns you because, you see, you too, you can be offended and you will not receive. You can say, these people from West Africa. They say, oh, these Nigerians, these Ghanaians. Haven't you said something like that before? Why do you look as though you don't understand the preaching? Why do you look as though you don't understand the preaching? You've said it before. Yes. You don't like Nigerians. You are going to miss some of the, the oil, the, 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 the cream of the ministry. You will miss it. The biggest churches in the world, the biggest ministries in the world, they are in Nigeria. Yes, sir. If you have a problem with that, I'm so sorry for you. Yes. You are just going to miss it. Yes. The, the treasure, the treasure is in earthen vessels. Those who don't like Americans, too bad. Me, my father is Kenneth Hagen. You don't like him? What's your problem? I would not have. I would not be here. I would not be here. The Bible says, and he marveled at their unbelief. They started to question, but you, we know. Ah, are you not the one who makes coffins? You know, that I mean, Jesus was making coffins. Are you not the one who makes coffins? We've all bought coffins from you before. Are you not the one who is repairing our wardrobe? You're the man repairing room. You say you are the son of God. Please, 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 please. Let's be serious. So, please, before you can receive the anointing, you need to see John 1. Let's start from 11. That's why I have this book here. Yesterday, I was preaching from this one, Sweet Influences of the Anointing. Today, I am talking from Catch the Anointing and Steps to the Anointing. But John 1 verse 11, he says, he came to his own, 
and his own received him not. But verse 12, as many as received him, the human being, as many as accepted him, to them, to those particular ones, he gave power and anointing. You can never receive the anointing until you receive the person. You want to receive the power, you must receive the person first. Because the person is carrying the thing that you need, the power that you need, he has it. If I am holding a book or a briefcase with all the money you need, and you don't even allow me to enter your house. I'll stand outside the door with my money and with what you need. And it's like you don't want me, but you want my money. That's why people can't receive the anointing because they can't receive the person. And that is why you must tone down on your criticisms. In fact, shut your mouth. Don't talk about anybody. Just be quiet because you'll be, you'll be amazed whom you are criticizing. You know, one day, my wife has a friend of mine of S, and uh, she told me, you know, we were all, we were students, and she told me something that happened. She said she went for a program, and she was sitting behind the person, and she thought the person was me. You know, so they're very close. So she would take her pencil and poke the person at the back. You know? Like a different part of the message, she would just be pushing, poking. You see? Message. And the man who was, he was just also receiving the poking. He, he didn't know what was happening with the person behind. He just pulling. Till he turned around and she realized it's a different person altogether. So you see, you can be dealing with a, a person you don't even know who you are dealing with. You'll be poking and poking. You think you are poking just something. You find out it's someone important. Somebody different. One day our president, one of our presidents in the past, he used to drive, you know, drive his own car. He was driving his car somewhere. And then he came to a police checkpoint. Eesh, the people came to him and said, Hey, don't you, foolish man, you, how, do you, how do you drive like this? Do whatever. And he just pressed the button and think came down, yeah. And he said, this was a revolution. It was not a democratic government. It was a revolutionary government. I tell I don't know what happened to the guy. So watch out, you may be messing with the person, you'll find out that he's the son of God. You've been messing with the person. You find that he's a real prophet sent from God. Yes. 
So, the anointed and his anointing. You see, the anointing is, is, is with the anointed. It's in the anointed. So, if you don't receive the person, you cannot receive what he's carrying. Sit down. You know, one day I was, I had this vision and I was in the basement in my office. My office used to be under the stage. This is the stage and the office was under. So to go to the office, you had to go downstairs and then you are under the stage. And one day I had this vision, I was in the office. I was in the, the office was just one room. So I was there when an angel came downstairs and entered the room. And I was surprised. Hey, what is this? And the angel was carrying a a glass bottle and a, a jacket, a coat. And the angel said to me, I was standing and the angel was standing. He said to me, this glass was full of powder. It was full of the coffee colored granules. And he said, this is your father. I said, my father? I said, yeah, your father. He's in this bottle now. This is all that's left of him. And he put it, down. there was a, a, some kind of a shelf. He put it in there. And he said, one day you will also be in a bottle like this. On a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> then he took a coat. Are you listening? Yes. He took the coat. And he said, but this was his coat. This is his coat he's wearing. And he said, it's your turn to wear it. Yes. Put it on. And he helped me to put it on. And when I put it on, he said, you will wear this for some time. And after some time, you have to take it off. And somebody else will wear it. And you will go into the bottle and you will be on there. That's anointing. You see, the anointing is what the person, the mantle is carrying. If you receive the person, it comes into your life with that power and that presence. And this is not his, like I said about Moses and Jesus. It's like when you wear, you start doing the same things. You start having 12 disciples, 70 disciples. You start feeding multitudes. You start doing miracles. You start doing signs and wonders. You start doing all the things that, that anoint. Because it is the anointing that is working, not the person. Let's be serious. We don't have power. We don't have anything. Look, if I had power to heal, you know what I would do? I would go to the Francis Town Hospital and discharge everybody from the hospital. This before before the I won't even wait for tonight's service. If I had power, it's true. I, I can only pray for people. Yes, I can only pray for people and expect this power. Yeah, let, let's be honest. We are nothing. He is everything. It's not just a saying that we are nothing. We are really nothing. 
You know, one day I, in Ghana, we have mosquitoes. I don't know if you have mosquitoes here. <laughs> yeah. So if you are Ghanaian, you, you have to learn how to catch mosquitoes in mid-air. <laughs> you know, like it's flying and you just... You <laughs> So one day, I saw a mosquito fly, and I said, look, you know, I'm experienced. So I just, I got him, and I opened. And when I saw, he wasn't dead. He wasn't dead. His leg was broken, like this. And as I look, I realized that even this mosquito, I cannot heal him. It's true. I cannot heal it. To straighten the leg so that he can fly again. How much more a human being? Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. So we are we are we are just depending on his grace and his power to be with us. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Now, just thank God for what you have heard this morning. For the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lift your hands and thank him. Lift your hands and thank him. Great anointing for your ministry. Thank him for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Shataboli Mahangala Maya. Leke Pondan Delebosa. Ramadi Malian Dolobosan Galaba. Ramazata Landalaba Leke Basha. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Mashikaba, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for new levels of anointing. New dimensions of the anointing. Thank you. For pouring out your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Makalaba, Abasa Palande, Sabaladoshki Bandalababa. Ramama Zamayan Dalaba, Rabadaba Bakatabadaba, Shemahon Delebosa, Kebandolobos, Mayan Dalaba, Kadalaba Sundere, Mandoka Pata, Lakabata Bakataya. Oh, thank Jesus. You. Thank you.
Seated. Matthew 22, verse 14. In conclusion, this very beautiful book here, many are called. Many are called. This is my favorite message. Anytime I'm invited to a church, if these days I am not much invited, but anytime I'm invited to a church to preach, you get it? This is what I preach first. That many are called to serve God. Yes. Matthew 22 verse 14. Many are called, but few are chosen. God has called you. Many means large numbers. Many means the masses. Many means huge numbers. Numerous people. Countless. Lots of people. Many means the majority. Many means most. They are all synonyms of many. So, many are called, and many of you here are called, and some of us, I want to invite you to the Bible school in Anna Council, come. Many uh, people from Botswana have already been, and I want you to invite you to come. Come and invest. The parable is this. The seed is the word. Amen. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. Keith Green said, you don't need to hear a call. You are already called. Jesus said in John 15 verse 16. John 15 verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. So, you don't need to hear a call. You have already been chosen and called. It's whether you want to hear it or not. Receive that call now. Number three, some people are called in a spectacular way. Some people are called in a spectacular way. And number four, some people are called in an ordinary way. Now, few people have this spectacular calling. You know, where they see Jesus and uh, so on and so forth. Now, you have to be careful. Those of you who want to see visions before you say that you are called, then you may never obey. Most of my pastors, from myself, you know, one time... uh, I've, I've prayed so much to see Jesus because I am a follower of Kenneth Hagen and he saw Jesus. Jesus came to him in the hospital, spoke to him, you know, for two hours. How many would like Jesus to come to your room and talk to you for two hours? I mean, this is fantastic. 
physically. He said, he said, I could have, I could have touched him like this. He was sitting by me. I could touch him. He was sitting on his left side. Yeah. You know. So, I really want to have such experiences. And sometimes I can pray for a long time. I can feel sometimes his presence, but I can't see him in that way. I want to hold him, touch him. We are all looking for Jesus. Is it not true? Yes. One day a brother came to stay in my house. And um, some months later, he was telling me, he said, when I stayed in your house, one night, Jesus walked into my room and told me, stretch out your hand. And I said, and what happened? And he said, he, he said, he put some fire into my, a gift. He said, I've given you a gift. I said, okay, that's nice. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't say anything to him because I was not happy at all. <laughs> yes. You know, if you are going to somebody's house, the house owner is sitting, sleeping there, and I was sleeping in the next room. How can you bypass the owner of the house and see a visitor? And I decided I will not let him stay in my house again. We are all desiring to see this Jesus. But few of us will actually see him. Why? Because blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. As soon as God allows you to see certain things, certain blessings go down. It's true. It's true. As soon as you see, that's why we don't see so many things. Because the, the, the prize is for those who walk by faith. Let, let, let's take Stevie Wonder. You know, Stevie Wonder came to our church one time and then he played the piano and he sang. He played the piano and sang. You know, and afterwards, one of my musicians was telling me that it's not that Stevie Wonder is such a fantastic pianist, but it's the fact that he cannot see, but he can play without making mistakes and sing. Because you see, the, the keys are the same. Even those who can see, you hear us making mistakes. We, we play the wrong note. But he's played the right note. And he cannot see. So if there is a competition for all those who cannot see but can play the piano. And you come and you play. And in your case, we lift up the things for you to see then you are not qualified for the prize because this prize is for those who cannot see and are playing. Are you with me? So once you are shown certain things, it disqualifies you from the prize of those who walk by faith. Yeah. So you, 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 you are disqualified. So that's why he keeps on on and on and on. It's like still you can't see. 
keep on believing. You just believe, but you don't see. Hey, this thing I believe for a long time, I've not seen. Yes, because that's what you are getting a prize for. By faith, the elders obtain a good reward. Without faith, you cannot please him. All the rewards are coming because of your faith. Yes. So he, he's, he calls you without visions. He calls you without seeing anything. Yes. And you see that you need to believe more than anything else. I think today has been about faith. Yes. You really need to, be, to have faith. So whether you have a spectacular calling like Paul who had a voice and saw a light or not and you believe God has called you that's it, it's enough when you tell me I believe God has called you it's enough for me, you are called that's all there is nobody as ordinary as me in this ministry work yes and if I can be where I am how much more you some of you have been school prefects before. You've been class prefects. I've never been chosen. <laughs> were you a class prefect? No? How many were class prefects? Class prefect, class prefect, class prefect. All of you. You were chosen and chosen and chosen and chosen. I've never been chosen. Assistant class prefect, prefect, pre- nothing. Even to class, the one who wipes the. the, 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 the I joined a, 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 a group once, a musical group. You know, we were singing and playing instruments. One day they decided to, to make a recording of their music. He chose all the good people <laughs> to go on a trip, and I was left behind to fast. <laughs> For fasting. <laughs> Yes. So don't be discouraged if you don't feel supernatural or spectacular or you feel ordinary. You are just ordinary like a lot of us. Yes. Yes. How many sometimes feel very ordinary? It's like raise your hand if you have that feeling that God will use you anyway. You see my preaching? Yesterday, I was preaching about the prodigal son. It's a Sunday school story. That's all. Jesus, a man had two sons. One of them went, one of them stayed. That's all. Yes. It's powerful. These simple ones, God is using them. Amen. And number five, point number five. I gave you four points, isn't it? Number one is what? Many are called. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. Number three, some people are called in a spectacular way. And number four, some people are called in an ordinary way. And number five, which is the last point, is that some people are called through their desires. Their desires. First Timothy 3, 3 verse 1. This is a true saying. If a man desires, 
apostles of a bishop. He desires a good work. This is Paul's way of saying, look out for people who have a desire. Just look for the people who have desires in the church. Look for the people who have desires. I have a desire to serve God. I don't know where it came from, but I believe that it's supernatural. All these desires, they are supernatural. Some of you, you think you have a desire for something, it is natural. No, it's super. Even sometimes desire to eat is God trying to heal you. Yes. One day I had a desire to eat something and I kept eating it. Then at a point, something said, you know, I felt like maybe I shouldn't eat it. But I felt, no, I should eat it. So one day, I, I was checking, I was just reading somewhere and I saw that that thing which I kept on desiring to eat was very good for, 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 for your health. Yeah, so I realized that the Holy Spirit had been making me desire that food. Yes. That's why I kept on calling for it. Yes. Look, desires are supernatural things. When, when God was punishing Adam and Eve, he punished Eve. He said, I'll give you a desire. Said, what desire? You desire a man. You desire a husband. All women's sorrows come from men. Yes. Husbands and children. All the sorrows of a woman, they come from the husband and children. Love and falling in love with somebody and all the sorrows. The ladies are looking at me as if they don't understand what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I, I will not, I, I'm not even mind you, but I'm telling you the truth. Yes. And that desire is something that has been given by God. I will put it in you, you desire. So God puts in people's desires. One day I was preaching and I, I decided to do an altar call for all those who wanted to get married. Now, we, we had been fasting for some days. A lot of young people old people, and then so on. So when I did the altar call, I just turned around to walk back onto the stage, and then they, they all started to come forward. I knew people would come. So when I got to the front of the stage, I turned around to look. And I was, I, shot, I almost fell down. Because I thought that I would see young ladies, 21, 17 years old, 24. I saw 73, 64 58. Hey! The desire to marry. Hey! Yes, they were all standing there. So that desire has been put in a woman for a man. Even the man who gives her pain, she still wants one. So, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Are you still here? When you have a desire to serve God, a desire to be in the ministry, a desire to preach, a desire to prophesy, like I have a desire to see people's ATM numbers. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to see people's passport numbers. All numbers. Hey. You know, these desires are put in you. God creates that interest. Yes. In you. And he's drawing you to something. He's drawing you to something. He's drawing you to something. And that's how many people are called to the ministry. And that's why Paul said, watch for the people who have a desire. And pastors, many are called. So start preaching, many are called. Stop preaching about money. And start preaching, many are called. And many people will start responding. That's why you don't have people interested in the ministry in your churches. Because you don't preach, many are called. You imply silently that few are called. Whereas you should be preaching and saying, many are called. And when you keep doing that, young people keep coming forth and say, we want to serve the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. And I see God raising up your ministries, giving you a brand new anointing to serve him. For the rest of your day. Stand to your feet, everyone. Father, bless your people mightily in the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you for what you are doing. Just give thanks to the Lord for a moment. Yes. Lift your hands and his name for great things, great things in your ministry, great things in your church. Your ministry is changing. Great anointings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the call of God. Thank you for the blessing of God. You have done great things. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 